This is Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. Nebraska playing good basketball, especially on the defensive end of the court. 26-20 with 6-10 left to go in the first half. Casey Tabanaga is absolutely on fire. I mean, my goodness, that kid. I don't know what he had for breakfast, but he's got to eat it before every game now. Absolutely. Whatever he had for breakfast, I'll take two. Yeah, I'll have what he's having. Um, Nebraska, 26-20. It has him at 15, but he's hit a three since then. Yeah, I think that's... No, it might be right. He had 12 last time, so he's got 15 yep, he's now. Got 15. Five of seven, three of three from behind the arc. And playing pretty good defense. I, it, the energy from Nebraska against, obviously, a very good Illinois team, especially at home. Uh, I just think the energy is very, very good. Um, can they can they do this for 40 minutes? I don't know. Uh, because uh, I think they caught probably caught Illinois a little bit off guard. How can you not? This is a bad road team. Or at least they haven't won a road game in this league. They've won six at home. Their last road win, I think, is Kansas State. Yeah. Um, it's not been a good road team. So sometimes it's human nature to say, hey, uh, we don't lose at home if you're Illinois. And Nebraska's a bad road team. I mean, even if you want to say that that's not the mentality that you're going to have, it's easy, it's easy to have it sometimes. Um, because that Illinois doesn't look very good right now. Well, flip side, you know, Rutgers came in yesterday not having won a game in their last 12, and Nebraska's playing at home, and yeah. look what happened. So um, The Super Bowl's a pretty big deal. The NFL, if this year has proven anything, is still king, and not just king of the sports world. It's king of everything. The NFL has 24 of the 25 most watched broadcasts of 2023. 115 million people watched the Kansas City-Philadelphia game in the Super Bowl last year. And KC has kind of become that darling. You're a Cowboys fan. They're America's team. Kansas City's kind of become Hollywood's team. Dude, you were telling me about this. And the only, like, I, like Taylor Swift is in Hollywood. And then you started rattling off all these other people that jumped on the bandwagon. Ryan Reynolds has jumped on the bandwagon. You've got Paul Rudd, who's from Kansas. I think he's a Kansas City native. Blake Lively's a big fan, and maybe it's because of Taylor Swift that they jumped on the bandwagon as well. She does seem to have a lot of power. Brad Pitt is apparently a Kansas City fan. The Fonz, Henry Winkler, uh, hangs out with Patrick Mahomes occasionally. Melissa Etheridge is from Kansas City. So it's uh, I think it's also, a, you know, winning teams tend to have that. The Cowboys certainly had that in their prime, but they always have it. Uh, the 49ers had it back in the day when Joe Montana was around. I think the Patriots had a little bit of that. Uh, I don't know, man. The Patriots and the Cowboys, I, I don't necessarily agree with like the bandwagon jumping because most people that are not fans of New England and not fans of Dallas will never be fans. Right. Like, there's no fringe. You're either a fan or you're not. Right. Being a Cowboys fan, I don't know that I've met many that went, oh my gosh, I wasn't a Cowboys fan before, but now I am. <laughs> it's, right. It's one of those, um, no, I hate your team, and I hope uh, that, that they lose every game forever. I uh, tend to hold grudges on any team that's ever beaten the Vikings. Uh, so I hate so everyone. you have to hate my Cowboys. I hate, the, I hate the Chiefs. The first Super Bowl loss was to the Chiefs. Yeah. I hate the well, Cowboys because you because your your Vikings gave us like nineteen draft picks and well and the seventy eight I mean 
I, we all know that Drew Pearson pushed off on Paul Krause. It was the best Vikings team yeah. uh, on the Hail Mary. Roger Staubach to Drew Pearson. Uh, and the Cowboys go on to beat uh, the Denver Broncos that year. And Craig Morton, Craig Morton was well over 600 years old. Uh, and they destroyed the Broncos and the and the Vikings would have beaten the Broncos very bad. And that was an awesome Super Bowl for me because I had cousins that lived in Denver and man, did they talk a lot of smack and that that was a fun uh, next family get together. So Uh, the 49ers at 12 and five versus the Chiefs 11 and six. This was not a great year. And some people blame Taylor Swift for some of that with all the distraction. But when you have Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey Travis Kelsey, uh, you figure it out, and that's what they did in the playoffs. But San Francisco, oddly enough, is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Would you bet Kansas City with that line? Well, I'll be honest. If if I were to bet this game, and I normally don't bet much on the Super Bowl, it's just not It's not a game I like to bet because everybody you else does. you bet the does. weird stuff? I, no, because I think they're dumb. They're just it, It's a good way to – if you just want to throw money away – do yourself a favor. Instead of throwing it away, betting it on stupid prop bets, just go out to your fire pit, light it on fire. At least you get a little bit of warmth out of it for a while because otherwise it just goes away. Um, the latest I saw was 49ers by two. I would take Kansas City because I do not think there is any way the NFL is going to allow the Chiefs to not win this game. It, it feels mean, like that. Yeah, I mean, it really does. And it, and it feels like Mahomes and Brady had the same thing. They're just protected. They're the superstars of the league. Yeah, and, and it's going to be something where you're going to have somebody from San Francisco is going to get blocked into Mahomes, yeah. and they're going to roll towards his legs and bump him, and they're going to throw a flag for hitting him below the knees while he's in the pocket, and it's going to be, and and everybody's going to be up in arms, but they're going to get that call. I just don't love Patrick Mahomes, and I think he's an okay guy, but I, I, I watched the series on HBO, <laughs> or not HBO, it was on Netflix. It was called Quarterbacks, and I'm a big, I've become a big-er, a big-er Kirk Cousins fan because of that show, Kirk Cousins, and so he came across really well, I thought. Uh, a couple other quarterbacks were featured as well. But it was mostly on Patrick Mahomes and his wife and Kirk Cousins and his wife. Uh, they were the two biggest stars of that show. And I just, I, Mahomes was fine, but Brittany just bothered me for some reason. <laughs> his wife, and they've been sweethearts since like high school. And you got to respect that. The, I respect it, I mean, that, but it doesn't change the fact that I don't like him. I don't like her. I don't like the Chiefs. I don't um, like. Uh, I wish bad things upon them in the game. You know, I actually was fumbles and interceptions back in the Len Dawson era. Uh, I was, I was, all my friends were Chiefs fans for the same reason that a lot of people around this area are Chiefs fans. Now it's Kansas City. I'm a Royals fan, partly because I grew up listening to uh, Fred White, you know, and, and those guys, Denny Matthews, calling Royals baseball, and I was a big George Brett fan, and I loved uh, Willie Wilson and Amos Otis and all those guys, Daryl Porter, and I was a casual Chiefs fan because of Lynn Dawson. The greatest Super Bowl picture I've ever seen in my life. There's a picture of Lynn Dawson. I think it was in the Super Bowl 1969. I think they were playing the Vikings that year. And they have a Super Bowl photo of Lynn Dawson smoking a cigarette (laughs) in the locker room. Not a surprise. It was just a different era. Uh, And I just loved him for that. Um, I didn't love the Chiefs, but I I accepted them because all my friends were Chiefs fans. My, all my friends are still Chiefs fans, and I don't like them now. So for those 
that are out there that that enjoy on occasion maybe making a legal wager on a a sporting event, uh. which you could do at Warhorse Casino. Um, the early betting has been unbelievably lopsided uh, for the Chiefs. Uh, BetMGM, DraftKings, ESPN, Bet, and FanDuel each report that somewhere between 71 and 76 of the spread bets have been on Kansas City. And the money line is also unbelievably lopsided with 85% of the bets going on the Kansas City Chiefs. Hmm. And that is as of late Friday afternoon. Do you think that some of that has to do with, we? I, we've, I've heard this comparison, that Chief fans are similar to Husker fans? They're very, very loyal. Yeah. They'll get there six hours early for a tailgate. Uh, and they like to bet on the games. Like a Husker Husker fans, I think, have often changed lines because they'll bet on Nebraska no matter oh, yeah. what the, the line is. And they'll bet it down. So if they see a line like that, oh, San Francisco's one and a half point favorite, or you know, Ohio State's uh, one and a half point favorite, they probably wouldn't do that. But you know what I mean? Yep. They'll bet Nebraska and change the line. I wonder if Chief fans are similar to that. I I would not be surprised so at all. Do you think that line changes? Probably well, it's does. actually now now Sportsbook uh actually was it Sportsbook that did it? They I have believe Kansas so. City as a favorite? Uh no, they uh Yeah, the super uh, the, the the Superbook on Saturday bumped the line up to San Francisco minus two and a half. I thought that was really, really interesting. I uh, said, we want to put it out there to see if anybody wants two and a half at this time. Um, one better at Caesars Sportbook put one million on the money line, minus 120 on the Niners. Yeah. I, I like the Niners in this game. I don't know why. Uh, I hope you're right. I'm a big Brock Purdy fan. I I think Brock Purdy, of course, uh, famously the last player chosen in the NFL draft, the very last player. I've got a friend that does these personalities. It's not like the Wonderlick, which the NFL does. It's a personality exam, and it's done for football players. His thing is mostly done for college players, and he said that Brock Purdy scored the highest of anybody they've ever had on this On the Wonderlick? It's, it's not a Wonderlick. It's, it's, they developed their own personality exam to see and it measures whether a guy's going to stay because again it's more for college kids than it is for NFL kids like when you recruit a kid is he going to stay for the long haul is he going to be a hard worker is he going to be a good teammate and coaches can use these questions uh to players to see if they would be a good fit for their program and Brock Purdy just hit it out of the park on this exam so interesting so I, I'm sorry, you know me. I've, I like I like gambling stuff. I, another one I came across: Caesars reported taking a one hundred thousand dollar bet on the coin toss to land on tails from a better in Michigan. Do you think it was Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually I've seen a couple of interviews since, and I know you're not a Harbaugh fan. I'm not really either. Uh, but he seems more relaxed since he's just just since he's in the last couple of weeks taken that charge. Well, Chargers yeah, because kid. now he knows he's not going to essentially get fired from Michigan right. and, and and have a show clause. That's right. Uh, I, I so think, he can't coach for five years because I, he cheats like a whatever. I, I agree. I think a suspension was probably coming if he came back next year. But he just seemed relaxed uh, when I, I think I saw him on the Pat McAfee show earlier this week, and he just seemed very relaxed. Uh, I think he's more of an NFL coach than he is a college coach. Uh, it, despite his personality fitting, I think the college game for me, because he seems more of a raw, raw, weird guy, yeah. which, and those guys seem to fit more 
with college kids. NFL guys don't have a lot of patience for Harbaugh wears out his welcome no matter where he is. I think oh, yeah, he, I mean, he's got a five-year clock, maybe a three-year clock in the NFL because he'll just wear people out and then he's going to have to move on again. That's, me, that's been his calling card. And let me ask you this. So let's let's say three to five years from now, San Diego wins a Super Bowl or doesn't. Uh, three to five years from now, he's worn out his welcome, right? Yeah. San Diego. Chargers. L.A. Um, do you think there's any chance he goes back to Michigan after Sharon Moore fails? I think he's got a passport, a free passport anytime he wants to go back to Michigan. I mean, he's got a free ticket. But the NCAA providing that it still has some kind of any teeth or ability to it won't have any discipline teeth. by that time. There'll be a there'll be a commissioner, a college football czar by that time. I think in the next yeah, 3 would, years. Would you let if you're the czar, would you let someone who has so blatantly cheated? Yes, because it'll be all about money at this in the next three to four years in fact interesting story by tom chattel of the omaha world herald on this uh that the sec and the big 10 basically want to take over college football and uh where did i read that uh story about what tom chattel brought up uh on that but they want to they basically want to form a super league the SEC, and we've known this for a while, the SEC, the Big Ten, they make the most money. Uh, they have the most power. That's one of the reasons I think Florida State wants to see, uh, wants to get out of the ACC. Uh, and they're suing to get out of the ACC. And there's going to be a big penalty, and they think that they can uh, move on, and somebody else will maybe end up paying it for them, uh, the fine that goes with it. But uh, I think that you're going to see those two leagues come together and there'll be a college football czar. Maybe the NCAA will still exist, but it's having less and less power every year. Uh, they want to handle issues. They want to make NIL more uniform. I think that's one of the big problems right now. It seems like uh, one team does it their way. Another team does it their way. You're seeing you know, rumors of like Tennessee spending $100 million or Missouri spending $80 million on NIL. I, I think you've got to have uniform rules you can't have coaches calling players on other rosters and saying, Jim hey, Harbaugh. what's up? Um, there's too much. Of, yeah, Jim Harbaugh <laughs> did that. There are rumors that Iowa did that this year with Proctor, the defensive tackle or offensive tackle that played at Alabama. Who basically said the coaches have been calling me all year. Yeah, yeah. he basically said, hey, uh, I love the Iowa coaches. That's why I chose them because they've been checking in on me all year. Well, you can't do that. That's yep. called tampering. So, so Thunderknot Collins on the Sarder Amon text line says, I'm going to start calling you guys the grumpy old men. <laughs> Thund- well, that's Thunderknot Collins. You know what? Yeah. Um, if, 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 if the shoe fits, we're going to wear it. Yep. <laughs> uh, the grumpy old men are watching Nebraska take a halftime lead, 36 to 34. They've let a lead get away, but at the buzzer, Tomanaga fires it up and they're going to go to the locker room with a two point lead. We'll take that. He was fouled too. I think he was. Uh, they did have a 36-29 lead. Illinois chips into that, but I'll take a halftime lead. Yeah. Anytime. I mean, 36-34. Tomanaga was absolutely in fuego that and first half. You know what? Let's call Steve Sipple because we want to make sure he has a chance to watch the second half. That's right. Uh, we will talk to Stephen M. Sipple, and uh, we'll talk a little basketball because Nebraska's leading at half over Illinois in Champaign. Josiah Alec hit a three. Everything's going right for the Huskers. Will it go right in the second half? We'll talk to Steve coming up next. This is Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.
Welcome back to Husker Rewind here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. That is Tom Stevens. Hello. I am Mike Melby, and on the Aloe VIP line from Husker Online, we have the one and only Hawaii man himself, Steve Sipple. Uh, Hawaii Five-0. Hey, how's the tan, Steve? It's gone. It's gone. That sued? It's long gone. Oh, that's man. Too that's too bad. A white Nebraska guy again. Uh, had you ever been to Hawaii before? I have not. I had not. I had never been there, and I was taken by it. I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I like Honolulu. It was interesting to me. Um, and it's beautiful when God every day is eighty and the low sixty-five. Yeah, you know that's a pretty good deal. Did you uh, did you get a partake in a in a luau and kind of do all the Hawaii stuff? No, I wasn't interested in that. I, I just <laughs> see the north. I, I saw the North Shore, which is kind of Honolulu. You know, Honolulu's a version of Western Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not so touristy on the North Shore. Um, but I don't know. I just like the city. It's a city. I mean, I haven't been to any of the other islands, but what what I'm told is Honolulu's very much a city. You know, it's, uh, you know, traffic and high rises. And, um, but I, I don't know. Waikiki Beach is, I mean, it's a, you know, it's, I think it's the most popular public beach in the world, maybe. Um, and if it is, I would, I can definitely see why. Yeah. It's perfect. I mean, it's just a perfect beach. It's beautiful. Uh, you had a chance to interview, I'm, I'm sure, several times, Carter Nelson uh, and, Dylan Raiola, obviously. Uh, what were your impressions getting up closer to them and getting to know them a little bit? What are your impressions? Uh, I mean, a, from that standpoint, it was a great trip. I mean, it was – even seeing Tamua, um, Preston, mm-hmm. was great. I mean, it was great because you could – you know, we saw three practices, and when I say see them, I mean stand on the field when they're practicing. Like, I'm standing by Mike Zimmer, you know, um, I mean, you really saw it was striking. A lot about it was striking. We could go on and on. I guess the Dylan was just what I thought. Um, his size makes such an impression, as does his arm strength. Such a big kid, big, big put together, walks with his head really high, so it seems tall. He seems even taller. The biggest impression on me, though, was Carter Nelson. Um, I didn't know exactly what to expect, and he kind of blew me away, actually. He looked like, you know, there was 13 five-star players there, and there's a lot of talent in that game. We're talking about the Polynesian Bowl. And he was one of the best players on the field. He, he just was. I mean, he was very, he's, he's very striking on the field because he's 6'5", 225. He's one of the better-looking players. You wonder if he would, how he'd react in a game – you know, an eight-man kid with all that talent around it, but you, I mean, you just look like he fit in perfectly. And in fact, he's got an attitude, which I really like. He's, he's kind of, um, I mean, you never worry about his effort and he's got a little mean streak to him. But the big thing is he's got big time talent. I mean, big time talent. That's what I've seen guys for 30 years. And I'm, I, I can tell you, you know, if he puts it all together, it's going to be something to watch on Saturday. The one thing that stood out to me in that game about Carter Nelson, there were a couple of plays that I genuinely said out loud, "Oh my!" Like, yeah. like he just he 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 makes the, the the play on the 
kind of the throw over the top early in the game. Um, the the way he got tackled and the way he went down. I mean, it was it was almost to me felt like he was like trying to punish the defensive back. Um, like he he just he has that that factor that you go yes that 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 is what plays in the NFL. Yeah, I don't mind saying that stuff. I mean, I I don't want to. I'm not saying he's going to go catch 30 passes for Nebraska as a freshman. I'm not saying that at all. But I think he could play as a freshman. Um, I think he will. I mean, I'd be kind of surprised if he doesn't. It would only be because he's not meeting specifications as a blocker, or he just, you know, he's got to he's got to kind of learn that third level route running. You know, he's an eight man. You know, there's only eight men. You know, there's just, you know, this route running. He's got to, he's got to make sure he understands the importance of route running. Seem to in Hawaii, but you know, an eight man, he just throw the ball to me, go up and get it. It's not like that now. But he seems very intense. I mean, the thing I, that struck me in practice was how intense he was. I mean, he went, if they were even doing a walk through on a, you know, on a blocking assignment, he'd get to his man. In kind of an intense manner. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot. And Tamua is just a monster. He's a big dude. He kind of reminds you of those of the Polynesian players Nebraska's had in the past. He's not as big as hmm. he's not as big as Tony Finotti, but nobody. I've never seen anybody as big as Tony Finotti. Um, hmm. But he's you know he's six three and a half and three twenty eight. You know, and he's got good feet and he's got a mean streak. So. I'll tell you what, if I was a Nebraska fan, and there are some Nebraska fans there, if I, but I, if I was a Nebraska fan and just went to a practice or two, I'd come away going, wow, they got, Nebraska got three dudes coming in. Yeah. I want to talk a little basketball, but uh, one other thing, I know from getting to know Dylan Riola a little bit, talking about Steve Sippel of early break and, of course, of Husker Online as well. Uh, you see him a lot walking around at basketball games. He looks comfortable with the attention, and I, it makes me think back to Bo Pelini. You know, he talks about the fishbowl, and he was at Oklahoma and LSU, and there's more attention with Nebraska football, and there certainly is with a quarterback. But he seems comfortable. You think that uh, even as an 18-year-old, he's going to handle this because there's a lot of attention surrounding him. Yeah, I mean, you never really know, and I don't profess to know Dylan well. I mean, I know him. And we talked a lot out. We did talk a lot out there. I got to know him really well out there. And I, obviously, I've known his father for a quarter century. But I, I, I mean, he's precocious. He seems like he's twenty-five to me. You know, he's he's like a no-nonsense kid. What was what was most telling to me about him in Hawaii? He is no nonsense, by the way. He's not. He's he's, he's that way. And what was most telling. He was kind of annoyed about being there. He wanted to be in Lincoln with this guy. With the, you know, the team was working out already um, in Lincoln. They had started winter conditioning, and he was kind of pissy. You know, like I want to. I I just rather be back in Lincoln. And his dad kind of had to have a talk with him and say, "Look, this is a once in a lifetime thing. Give it your all." And he did. Um, the other thing that struck me was something Zimmer said, even though it was just an all you know an all star game. Um, Dylan knew everybody's assignments, every, every single player. Um, he learned it was a, it was a very scaled down playbook, but he did learn it. And he was, I mean, I watched him in practice. He it was, it, you, they might as well have been playing Notre Dame. I mean, he was he was locked in pretty hard. <laughs> Steve Sipple joining us from Husker Online and early break. 
uh, with Sip and Jake and Bill Bush. Uh, I want to ask you about um, kind of a, several sports because uh, multi-sport athletes and from the football team. Nash Hutmaker uh, gets another win today. He's now 4-1 and one wrestling. Malachi Coleman, Jalen Lloyd, Jaden Doss, Bryce Turner running track. Um, that seems really odd, uh, I think, for most casual Nebraska football fans to see uh, five football players playing another sport. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? I think it's kind of neat. Uh, what do you think and what do you make of it? Well, what I would say is it's great. And as long as, you know, the, the head coach obviously signs off on it, that's number one. I don't, I, I mean, I hope it's not disruptive to spring ball for those guys. That's the only, and I don't know what the, I don't know what the plan is. That's a great question for Matt Rule on Wednesday when Matt Rule will address the media. Um, and that, that'll, that, thank you. Because that's, oh, I remember Kyrie Cooper played baseball. Remember that? Yep, I do. And Ted Gilmore was the receivers coach at the time, and he made no bones about the fact that he didn't like it. You know, he just he, and he said it. You know, I'm not I'm not talking about private conversations. Ted would talk about it publicly. He didn't like the fact that Kyrie Cooper was missing spring ball because there wasn't any development. So, so I don't know. I don't know what the plan is. I mean, I just I would say I hope they're in spring ball. Uh, Steve Sippel of Husker Online at early break with Sip and Jake and, of course, uh, Bill Bush. want to ask you about uh, basketball. Of course, they get the big win in Nebraska again uh, over Wisconsin, number six Wisconsin in overtime, 80-72. to 72. Fred Hoiberg talked a lot about, you know, working these guys pretty hard in practice this week. And then, of course, he, he gives the fiery speech at halftime. Apparently, it's carried over to this game versus Illinois. Nebraska leads behind 15 points from Kese Tamanaga, 36-34 at halftime. This does look like a team that's turned it up defensively today. Oh, yeah, they played well today. And really, in most every phase, the key is they, they've – Illinois is relentless. You know, they're, they play a relentless style. They push the ball. They, you know, they're, they, they're always after you on defense. They, they're just a, that's the way Brad Underwood teams play. Nebraska's matched the intensity really well, um, taking care of the ball. Casey, you knew Casey after three games. He, I mean, I said on our show on Friday, there's no way he's going he's gonna to come out of it. I didn't know. <coughs> I didn't know for sure it would be today, but I knew. I mean, Casey's too good of a shooter not to come out of that slump pretty quickly. Um, I, 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 what I think is very simple. They're good. This is a good team. Nebraska's. Just, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying I expected them to be leading Illinois, but I watched them closely, and the re, the road results notwithstanding, they're good. And and I don't I don't get into the whole the whole road. I don't really get into that so much with this team. They're going to win some road games down the stretch, and that narrative will, soon enough will go by the wayside. Wouldn't be surprised if they beat Northwestern actually, the way they're playing right now. So. That, that narrative will be gone soon enough, and we'll be talking about a team that wins a lot of games down the stretch and is in the NCAA tournament. But they just look like that type of team to me. If they win today, you beat number 14 on the road. That almost seals it for me. I mean, you're pretty close to being in the tournament. Maybe you need a, you know some more home wins, but that's, that's a big win if they win on the road versus Illinois today. Yeah, just barring a collapse down the stretch, which there's just no – 
there's no evidence of any collapse. It looks like they're getting better. Um, we'll see what happens in the second half. And, you know, that's good. You got me on. I can kind of – I think this game will go to the wire. I don't – I think – I don't. I, it's hard to tell who will win right now. Um, I just think it will go down to the final few possessions. I don't see Illinois sprinting off. I think Nebraska's – I mean, I think they're equal to this task. Well, we'll let you go, Steve. Uh, the second half is about to start. I don't want you to miss any of it. Uh, so, uh, but, and, I, and I always like coming on with you. So, no, appreciate well, you coming on, man. We we sure appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. All right, God bless. You. There you go, Steve Sipple of uh, Early Break with Sip and Jake and Husker Online. Love the stories that uh, I, I forgot to ask him about. Kiana Wilhite, who is going to announce his decision. It looks like between Nebraska and LSU, he's a three-star defensive end, six four two thirty. Uh, and would be a nice little pickup for the 2024 class for Matt Rule if he gets him on Wednesday. That's uh, the second signing day. Yeah, and then then the numbers game really takes flight yeah. on Wednesday. Once yeah. we know, some how guys many, are going to have to leave. Uh, yeah, and and it, it, and it's. I think there's going to be conversations had before spring ball, probably with some guys uh, on on you know maybe do they want to. Um, potentially, you know, guys that are coming back from an injury that, you know, may not be in the the rotation anytime soon, if ever. Do you have those conversations? Yeah. Maybe there's some that you sit there and say, hey, uh, we're, we've got some <clears throat> NIL money that's going to be equivalent to the scholarship and everything else you would get, plus an extra whatever thousand dollars. But yeah, that this this the roster management by Matt Rule and his staff over the course of ultimately the next seven months. Um, because you you know you're you've got to get through uh, up until August 31st for the the first game of the year, uh, but it, you know they they're going to open fall camp and yep. and they're going to need to be down to 85 scholarships. So uh, we'll see. What it's going to be really really interesting. Uh, Rink Mask has turned down a couple of three point shots early in the second half. Both teams have traded two baskets each. Bryce Williams has looked pretty good, but then the air balls that particular <laughs> he shot. Shoots an air ball. Uh, he he had a couple. He had a mid range shot. Uh, but both teams have scored four points out of the lower Nebraska two, Illinois four. So it's tied at 38 with 18 minutes and 16 seconds left to go in the second half. Uh, Illinois scores again. They're getting inside too early or too easily, I should say, on Nebraska here early in the second half. But you knew that Illinois would make a run. Uh, they might, heck, open this thing up a bit. Nebraska needs to answer that. Uh, that's one of the things that Fred Hoiberg is talking about. When when things go wrong, when things go badly, how do we react? And right now, Illinois is on a big run. They're up four well, now. And, you know, it's interesting just watching the opening couple of minutes here. Not even, I guess, opening couple of minutes. Um, Illinois does nothing but shoot threes. They're one of the best teams at it. And they have completely changed their game plan out yep. of halftime. Yep. They, are, they are getting run off the three-point line. They're waiting to get run off the yep. three-point line so that they can attack inside. We'll see how Nebraska counters. Everything by Illinois has been at the rim, and Nebraska gets a nice little uh, hook, a running hook there by Jamarcus Lawrence, who I thought was one of the important guys for Nebraska. I thought he had to play well today. He's played okay. Uh, Casey has obviously played off his rocker. Rink's played okay. Uh, but Casey is the one that's keeping him in it. And I, and I do look at Josiah Alec and the intensity that he plays with. He's, he's a little bit like Sam Hoiberg sometimes. He just gives this team a lift without having to score. But that's, again, another basket at the rim for Illinois. They have – every basket has been right at the rim. 
uh, Nebraska needs to shut that off and force them back to the three-point line because they were taking a lot of threes, as you mentioned, uh, in that first half and weren't hitting them. Uh, and Nebraska seems to be settling a little bit. I mean, it's good defense. you got to credit that Illinois defense and a miss there by Bryce Williams. And Nebraska had a chance to get the rebound, and they didn't get it. And here comes a three from <laughs> Illinois. Wow. Yeah, uh, they are on a run. This is where I sometimes will, if you're with me at games, Mike, you see me demanding a timeout. <laughs> and finally, Fred Hoiberg gives me what I want, yep, a timeout. But, but, Illinois was 3 of 13 in the first half from beyond the arc of one of one here in the second half early on, but uh, they, Brad Underwood completely changed up the game plan, and that's kind of what I wondered. Uh, now, how does Fred's got a counter? You know, this is what they talk. This is the the game of chess and uh, at how it's going to get played. What do you do with your defense now if you're Nebraska? Do you let them be out on the three point line so that you can double down on the post to try to take away these? I mean, it's, and it hasn't even been contested shots. They're no. just wide open layups and dunks. The thing that concerns me with this team sometimes, especially on the road, we saw it at Maryland. It was a fairly close game. Nebraska makes a little bit of a run, and you think, well, it's, it could be an eight-point game at halftime. Instead, Maryland, with the last two minutes of the first half, goes on a big run and basically ends that game. Yeah. What happens? How does Nebraska react when Illinois comes out of the locker room, down two, takes a seven-point lead? It's 47-40. to 40. How do you react out of this timeout? That's, well, and that's going to be key. And, and- and don't get blown out. I, yeah, you're going to lose these games. I understand. Illinois is really good. But don't get blown out. Well, and the one thing that, that I was expecting Bryce Williams to be good in the second half because normally he's a guy that when he's really good in a half, maybe the next half is not his best. But when he plays not great, and he was not great in the first half, 2 of 6, 0 of 3 from three-point land. So far this half, he shot an air ball on a wide-open two-point shot from 12 feet uh. and a three-point shot that... He shot from maybe 20 feet that hit the back of the backboard uh, or hit the backboard and then the far side of the rim like he was shooting from 23 feet. He did make a mid-range jumper uh, to start the second half. But you're right. I I, I wish he would sometimes stay at the mid-range. And I know Fred doesn't always like the mid-range jumper, but Bryce is actually very good at it. Like that free-throw line jumper, if he can get his man... To about the free, he's a, one of the best free throw shooters in the Big Ten. That's probably well, the reason he's good at the free throw line jumper. But that's the point. I did, but like he just had that twelve to fifteen footer on the right elbow that he shot an air ball. Yeah, and it was I, uncontested. Like I he agree. just shot an air ball from fifteen feet. Well, I'm sure the concerted effort by uh, Illinois in the second half is to shut down Tominaga and make everybody else beat you. I mean, why wouldn't that be the philosophy? Along with get to the rim, which they have done almost everything outside of one three point shot for Illinois has been at the rim. Uh, Nebraska has to know that. Uh, again, their calling card is going to have to be rebounding defense. Yes, you're going to need Tominaga to go off as he has. You're going to need to hit some uh, threes for Mask, and you know, you're know you going to need Bryce Williams to step up, and there was a nice runner there by Jamarcus Lawrence. But if they're going to win games, it has to be defense. Well, the, 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 other, the key thing as well is going to be rebounds. Um, They've given up five offensive boards, but they're getting out-rebounded 24-14 right now. Yeah. And, and and you just can't have that. And that's where a guy like Josiah Alec has got to uh, come in and... Oh, oh no. you got to be kidding Rick me. Rick two wow. bunnies at the hoop. And you can see them. They are face-guarding Tominaga right now. 
They yeah, are so. they are co- completely trying to take him away. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna make my call now. This this is gonna get ugly. No, it can't get ugly. I mean, you can lose. That's fine. <laughs> oh, I know. But I'm it, just it saying this is gonna get it ugly. It can't get ugly. Yeah, it cannot get ugly. There you go. Nice rebound, Dewan Gary. Go inside. Get something at the rim, like they just did, and they missed two shots, and then Tamanaga gets fouled there. So that's good. That helps. I'm, I'm surprised they called a foul. Well, he got he got mugged. Going to the room. Well, yeah, but it ha- that's the one thing that you, you and I talk about. He does not get anywhere near the number of calls that he should for being a preseason all-conference player. But part of the reason I feel like is he's kind of a brat. He's kind. He's he, the 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 showboating after he hits a three. Like I love it though. I do too because he plays for us. But I would absolutely like despise him if he played for another team. Yeah, and he'll do it if he's on the road. He'll wave to the crowd or blow a kiss to the crowd. Um, he does think he's. He's Curry. He thinks he's Steph. Uh, it's his favorite player. He's yep. called the Japanese Steph Curry. And I think he's just a fun-loving dude oh, who's having a good time. Yep. But it comes off, I think, both to the officials and to opposing fan, fan bases as this guy's a brat. Yep. But I love him. And I am going to miss him to death. And you need to find somebody. You're not going to find another case. Well, but you need to find somebody just, that can shoot next year similar to Wilt. And where's Ben Wilcher? Where's Wilcher today? Nothing. Go of two. Um, Nick Janowski, if you want to find a shooter for next year. Yeah. He had 45 Saturday night. And Wilcher, oh, did he really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's going to he be. 45 of his team, 72 points. Uh, and, I, and I'm sure he's going to be a good player. Uh, we knew that Eli Rice was going to be a good player. But freshmen sometimes struggle. Oh, I, I get it. I'm just telling you right now. Uh, Nick Janowski is a dude that is. Uh, he can he can shoot the rock, man. Uh, I'm excited about him. And you do get CJ back next year if he wants to come he back. Wa- I don't, I'll be honest, I don't think he comes back. I hope he does because you I need I hope him. he does too. You can pay him. But yeah, I, I think all of the, I've heard, and I, you know, I don't want to confirm it, but I've heard that these guys are making significant cash playing hoops for Nebraska basketball. That, that'd be great. And I, I, In I the neighborhood hope, of 100 grand. I hope beyond all hope C.J. Wilcher comes back next year. But I just it's just one of those where he got his degree. I believe he's the first in his family to get a college degree. And I Work on your master's. He's going he's gonna to move on to pro basketball. So, well, pro, you know, go play it overseas. is pro basketball these days. That's true. College is pro. Uh, everything's been turned on its head. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about that article about Ethan Piper. Yep. Uh, you liked it. I liked it. He had some revealing things to say to Evan Bland. It was a well-written article by Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald and the Lincoln Journal Star because they write for each other now. They're owned by the same company. So you see the same articles in both papers. But talk a little bit about Ethan Piper and whatever. We'll, we'll talk we'll to do, more we'll do, Husker. We'll do our Husker Ease, too, for That's right. some athlete That's right. awards. Uh, the Husker Ease are awards. Instead of the uh, Grammys. And it's not well-researched. <laughs> no, no, this is an idea we came up with five minutes before the show, so, and we so decided to have some fun with it. So, so jump knows? on the Sutter Heyman text line, and, and you'll there, jump yeah. in here in a minute. Please react. Uh, we'll get to break, come back with more after this. This is Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. Tom Stevens, Mike Melby, final segment, Nebraska down four after leading by two at halftime, 52-48 with 13-19 left to go in the second half. A lot of shots at the rim uh, by Illinois in the second half, but Nebraska's still in it. I'll take that. Uh, and Casey didn't get called for a traveling. Probably should have been called for a traveling. Then. So there you go. 
A few things on the text line. Ask Sip if Wiltshire's beautiful left-handed shot. Ask him about that. I We forgot to ask him about that. Um, uh, and the whole thing about is Dayton coming to Nebraska, um, he's still two years away from making a decision. It may come down to the day before signing day. And he's playing at Buford. Yeah. Um, so he's going to stay in Georgia, which I think is a good decision. There were some rumors that maybe he'll come back or come to Nebraska and play somewhere out west or maybe play in Omaha. I think it's a good decision. I, I personally think he ought to go to Waverly and play for the Vikings. <laughs> if I'm just, I mean, just being honest. Go I think, play for my links. No, uh, they no, could no, use yeah. you. Uh, <laughs> it, by the way, Dayton's got a cannon. I mean, he's he's a really good basketball player. Uh, basketball, football. I'm thinking about basketball and talking about football. He's a really good uh, uh, football player. I think he was the backup to Dylan. We'll see. But he's got a gun. Yeah. Uh, I think he has a chance to be a really good football yeah, player. Yeah. Off the Sutter Heyman text line, Deion Pryor, Walt Donnelly. Uh, guys, hey, should uh, CJ Wilcher and Sam Hoiberg be starting? I'll be honest. I kind of like them coming off the bench yeah. um, because. Who do you take out? Now, granted, Bryce Williams is not having a great game, but he's a guy that, you know, is going to be in the starting lineup. Um, and and CJ Welcher is, you know, not going to come in and replace Juwan Gary or Josiah Alec. So the, just from the way the 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 rotation has been, the the thing that I always want to look at, uh, and, and Aaron Ulis is a prime example from Iowa. Last year he started 28 games at Iowa. How many games did he finish? Yeah. Not many. So Sam Hoiberg doesn't start really any games at Nebraska, but how many games do you see him finish? C.J. Welcher, same thing. How many games does he finish? It's not necessarily about who starts, man. It's about who who is the guy, who are the five guys at the end of every game. So Nebraska needs something out of C.J. in the second half. They need Obviously, he's played really well as of late. What he has not given them, though, Casey uh, has. Casey's played extremely well, both offensively and defensively. Uh, in this game, but somebody's going to have to step up. Obviously, Illinois is really good. They'll make a bunch of shots down the stretch. And how does Nebraska react? So far, they've reacted pretty well as Casey tries a jumper and doesn't make it. Uh, and Gary was fouled. Yeah. Gary was fouled and no call, of course. Um, Walt Donnelly points out that we cannot go win- winless in conference games and expect to make the NCAA tournament. Uh, I-, I agree, but these this game today and against Northwestern, though, these are two really difficult road games. Um, uh, Nebraska's got four more after that on the road. Um, and I think all four are ultimately winnable, uh, especially at the Michigan game. So, All right, time for our award show. It's called the Huskeries in honor of the Grammys. Because the Grammys are going on and Metallica won for uh, best metal performance. This is not well prepared. No. Uh, at all. But we're going to do it anyway. For the last five minutes of the show, Best coach, men's or women's. The nominees are Fred Hoiberg, Mark Manning for wrestling, Justin St. Clair for track and field. On the women's side, John Cook, Rhonda Ravel, and Paul Klimpa for bowling. Yep. Doesn't he coach both the men and the women? Paul yep. Klimpa? It's only a women's bowling team. I thought there was both no. men's and no, women's. Just women's. Okay. Well, uh, I, I, I think this one's kind of easy, and we'll open up to the text line if you guys want to chime in, 402-464-5685. But I think uh, the, the the coach of the year is going to have to go to John Cook. Yes. For both women's and overall. Should I keep the music overall. going? Is that, the, uh, is that something? The, let's see if it sounds good with the music. Uh, just continuing. Just keep, keep looping it? I'll just keep looping it. I don't know how to get the loop on this thing. Oh, I think I do, actually. 
I think I hit this thing and it just loops. Yeah, uh, that'll that'll loop the music. Unknown texture says, uh, "Duh, John Cook." Yes, so. it, it's John Cook. <laughs> uh, best overall men's athlete. The nominees oh, are Jalen Lloyd for football, Nash Hutmacher football and wrestling, Malachi Coleman football. But Jalen Lloyd and Malachi Coleman and Jaden Doss and Bryce Turner, football and track and field. That's right. And the winner is Nash Hutmacher. Yeah, I'm... Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he's not going to outrun any of those other four. <laughs> his high school resume but, was ridiculous. But he might shot put him just as far as, uh, as anybody, so... Best yeah. overall athlete for the women. Alexis Markowski. Maggie Mendelson, even though she's not playing for Nebraska anymore. Harper Murray. Merritt Beeson. Am I missing anybody? Alexina Johansson. Alexina Johansson for track and field. Throws the shot put. And the winner is... I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know who you pick. I, I suppose I, I, Merritt Beeson. The, to me, her or Harper Murray, and mainly because of the way they hit out of the back row. I'm going to go Merritt Beeson. And I met her last night uh, really? at the Heart Ball. Yeah, you had the Heart The American Ball. Heart you Association. Were, you, uh, you handed out a... Yeah, she uh, auctioned off a volleyball thing, a volleyball and a whole volleyball experience. Yeah. You could go watch them practice and hang out with them. Uh, it went for like five grand. I so that was impressive. Uh, and John Baylor gave it away. So it was really cool. Uh, best team, men or women? We don't have to think about this. It's volleyball. <laughs> I was say, it's, it's, volleyball. it's absolutely there volleyball. There are no other nominees. Um, best athlete, men. We already did that. Okay, well, I guess it's over then. Yeah. I guess it's already over See, that, There you go. Very we, unplanned. That was not well-researched. Do you have a get-off-my-lawn for this week? Um, not really. Uh, it was a good week. Uh, digging the new job, having uh, the – it's kind of one of the better jobs I've ever had in my life, one of the ones I enjoy more than anything. So um, I don't um, – ha- I mean, I hard not radio. I can't have a Harbaugh get off my lawn. I've had him all year, yeah. and he's already gone. Uh, he's he's in the NFL. Yeah. He does seem relaxed. Oh, just, you know what? I could do a get off my lawn to Jake Bachoven. He really bugs me. Does he? Yeah, he, he does kind of. <laughs> hey, Bachoven. He's, 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 he's get standing up, get behind me. Get off the lawn. Get off the lawn. Uh, get it. Get, get, get out of here. There it is. Get off my lawn. No, um, Jake's actually standing behind me, so um, I just... This is, I, I don't really have listening. one. I don't have one. Um, I, I, Huskers are in this thing. They're down two um, with uh, 10 minutes and 16 seconds left to go. The 57 to 55. Uh, they, they, Kasei Tamanaga just missed a free throw line jumper, and then they took him out. It looked like he, it was kind of a heat check thing. Maybe not a great shot. And Hoiberg said, okay, uh, come sit by me. But um, he has really been the one that's kept Nebraska in it. I go back to this every time I see Casey take a bad shot. You just have to live with it, especially when he's playing like today. Here's the weird thing. It's the odd stat of the day. Rank Mast is three of six from three and yeah. one of seven from two, including six of the misses being from within yeah. two feet. Yeah, he, he, he really did miss a, a, a bunny. Two of them. Because then he got an offensive rebound. I like the aggression, though. I mean, there's just a lot of bigs in this league, and some of them are more athletic. Many of them are more athletic than Rink. Um, He tends to play really well at home and not as well on the road. Uh, 
that's this team in general. But they're playing pretty well. And if they can pull yep. it off in the next 10 minutes and 17 seconds, I think that it doesn't seal the NCAA tournament, but you are a heck of a lot closer if you well, get there. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's still you still got tons of games to play yeah. here. They've played 22. They've got eight left. This is game 23. They've got eight left out of, mm. after tonight. But, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be an uphill battle. 10 minutes, 15 seconds left, down by three, soon to be four. Yep. And uh, it is what it is. Bottom line, hold serve at home, pick up a road win against Michigan, uh, win a game in the Big Ten tournament, and you're a eight, seven seed. Score prediction for next week in the Super Bowl. Uh, because I hate Kansas City so much, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and actually pick against them, even though it's like a double reverse jinx thing. Uh, 49ers 31, Kansas City 30. 28-24, 49ers. Because uh, I'm just like you. I'm rooting against Kansas City. I don't really like them. Uh, let's leave. Yeah, let's uh, we will not be here next week, but we nope, will Super be here Bowl. in two weeks. Uh, I know Box got the postgame show as soon as Nebraska-Illinois is over. Make sure you come back to 93.7 The Ticket. Check out the, the Hoops postgame show. I'm sure he'll have uh, Eastrick on uh, from, from his home mm-hmm. and uh, on the, the Sarder-Hayman stream. Mike, we'll see you in two weeks. Yep. Uh, be back the week after the Super Bowl. See ya. See ya. Bye-bye.